So we help people move away from having to chase food in, the, in their cravings. Okay. The best part is that no one ever has complained about of feeling deprived or hungry. I think for me, as the creator of this program, that's the success because I didn't, I just didn't want to be part of the diet industry. I really didn't want to be part of that because I think that has failed so many people. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. Shanti, welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast today. Before we dive into weight loss and curbing your cravings, what is your personal story that led you into this functional medicine health coach realm? Hi, Tom. Thanks so much for having me. Um, it's it's a good it's a good question. I get asked it often, and I'd just like to start by saying that things are really good now for me. I'm a pretty happy person. Um, I'm fulfilled in my relationships. I'm part of a strong, supportive community. I have a really great social life. Just my career is rewarding and stable. Um, I just, I can't, vibrant person. You know, I can't, I can't say that more, but this wasn't always the case. And it's hard to, um, it's hard to remember sometimes because things feel so good. So when, when I, when it wasn't the case, I was feeling pretty awful. My health was bad. I struggled with digestion and weight for years and couldn't seem to get it to work. And it seemed like it was a full-time job to try to fix that. Um, growing up, I was asthmatic. I was overweight. I suffered a lot with my digestion. And I, I just, I didn't see how things were getting better. But I think the part of all three of those things that I focused on the most was the weight. My first diet was when I was only 11 years old. My mom helped me with a diet where I eliminated all fat. I was part of the fat-free diet. Yeah. And yeah, I was able to lose uh, a lot of weight pretty quickly because I was young. Um, and I was feeling good uh, with, how I w- with everything. But um, I continued on the diet until I just didn't. I don't know when it stopped. I, I just... I remember eating a whole loaf of bread, you know, the wow. sandwich breads, because I was so hungry. I just found myself just so hungry. And um, and the next thing you know, you know, I was eating Snickers bars, you know, the giant ones for lunch. And then my weight was a problem again. So it just, it, it didn't work. It worked until it just didn't really. Hmm. Um, and that was, that was the beginning of my dieting. So I was always on and off a diet after that. And I did some pretty desperate and unhealthy things. The goal for me was really to be thin more than healthy. I didn't really have that understanding. But inevitably, my hunger and cravings always won, no matter what. I even did um, Weight Watchers a few times and got some decent temporary results. I was a competitive athlete, but still weight was my biggest struggle because you know, exercise didn't fix it. Hmm. So the turning point for me and why I became a health coach and started my business was because I, well, when I hired a health coach, everything got better. It saved me tons of time. I didn't have to fail as miserably. 
I realized that food isn't a dieting tool and that nutrients food offer can put me into balance and I don't have to feel deprived, hungry, and a slave to those cravings that really, mm. it did feel like I was in chains around. And I, I just, I felt better when I changed what, what and how I ate. And that was really very powerful. And that's, that's how I wanted to, um, to help people. So things are pretty good now. I founded my company on these principles. I just didn't want to help people diet. I wanted to help people not have to. All my education and experience helping, I think it's probably in the thousands now, of busy men and women lose weight in a sustainable way and not feel deprived anymore are the backbone and founding principles of Happy Belly Health. That's my business. So these are these pieces were these foundational pieces were to reignite the journey of health and well being, and I just um, and what I work on with people is not to not to use anything that's dangerous or look for the magic pill, and we just we really do promote just strategies to encourage sustainable weight loss that require lots of self awareness and self acceptance and and even loving discipline. That's so, great, man. Yeah. That is really great because that's those are the keys to this, in my opinion. Yeah. Because you know, Weight Watchers is like a revolving door. You know, yeah. you, you follow those points, you lose the weight, you stop following the points, and then you turn around, and come back again, and start the Weight Watchers program all over, and it just keeps going. There's no, there's no end. Yeah. And it's hard emotionally too. I think, I think I had an easier time being overweight than emotionally than, um, having lost weight and regained it and trying to lose it again. I think that was, it's so hard emotionally just to get back on track with that. Mm -hmm. It is. And I notice it myself, even when I take some time off from training or, or I, you know, my trip to Michigan, I splurged and ate whatever I wanted, you know, so I gained like, 10 pounds that week, you know? So it was like, okay, now I got to go out. I got to go back on my program and get that off. So it is, it is a struggle. Yeah. Okay. Let's dig into weight loss. The U S yeah. weight loss market is estimated to be worth $70 billion, $70 billion in 2018. This continues to climb based on the fact that we're growing as an obese nation the standard American diet, and most people have tried and failed. They had a minimum of 10 weight loss programs that will gain most of the weight back. 95% of all those who lost the weight gained it back. What do you attribute this to? Yeah, those are some pretty astounding statistics, but people still go back. Yeah. <laughs> still go back to it. I, you know, I, I, I feel like it's the, the real problem. The root cause is not, or causes aren't addressed. You know, so so often we look for weight loss without an uh, an overt focus on health gain, mm. and that's just not how it works. If you want to lose weight and not have to diet anymore, you have there. There are a few things you have to focus on, and um, simultaneously, and none of it's easy. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do, right? I, I think I believe strongly in looking to look to lose body fat, not just body weight. Um, or else the weight just comes back and it's just a matter of time. The dynamics in the body that actually cause the weight gain in the first place are found. They need to be found in order to, and, and then reversed in order for there to be any long-term effects. If it's not discovered, then 
you know, it's just a short matter of time before the weight comes back again. So figuring out the root cause is important and um, looking for health gain is important. And then lastly, I, I don't think people really focus or the people that I've encountered really have an understanding of detoxification mm, good point. and how toxins work in the body. And, you know, detoxification needs to be supported and enhanced during any time of your life that you're losing weight. Um, you know, toxins are stored in fat cells. And as we lose fat, we toxins are released into our bloodstream. And then we'll, we'll end up if we don't have a good, clear way of detoxifying that through our liver, then our body will actually recreate those fat cells and um, to store the toxins because that's where the most they're the most safe. So a lot of people will gain weight simply because they didn't support detoxification, <clears throat> and that that's a that's a really big deal. So if, so for about every ten pounds, you just need to make. I mean, you need to be make, making sure you're taking care of your liver and all of that during the whole process anyway, but probably with a little bit more focus and attention while you're losing weight so you don't gain it back. Okay. Yeah. You know, my next question, you just kind of answered really, but it was, what is the best way to lose weight and keep it off? Yeah, well, you, you, lose, you, you have to lose actual body fat as the focus. You have to figure out the root causes of the extra weight since it's seldom food. You know, is it your metabolism? Right. Is, it, is it your hormones or is it anything like that? And then you need to boost detox while losing weight. So, yeah. I think a lot of people, speaking of hormones, I think that's where a lot of people miss the boat, mm. uh, especially with women going into their menopausal years. That needs to be addressed. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you feel, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, yes, I agree. I agree yeah. 100%. You know, and it's not, I think when people say, I know at least when I was first learning about hormones, I, I don't think I realized when people say hormones, they also mean stress hormones. It's, right. it's not just, you know, estrogen and testosterone and progesterone. It's, it's also cortisol, exactly. stress hormones. And those can re really change. I mean, they change in women a lot, but they also change in men, you know, so it explains a lot. And if, if you're having real strong imbalances, it doesn't matter what you eat, you know, you'll, you'll gain weight, you know, you will be hard to lose weight. All of those things will happen. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's especially, I mean, stress is the number one driver for a lot of diseases. You and I both know, mm -hmm. and uh, people often neglect the, the cortisol levels. And I think that's a, that's a very important key to a key to a lot of this. And as you said, not just the hormones that we think of as hormones, like your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, but the cortisol. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you feel that there are mental and physical reasons for weight loss failure? Yes, I do. Um, maybe more emotional and physical rather than mental. I think that might be um, a little more of, of what I believe. Okay. Um, yeah. So physical can be from nutrient deficiencies. It can be from the hormone imbalance we just talked about, not just sex hormones, but stress hormones as well. Any microbiome imbalance, like your gut health, right? Mm -hmm. That's a huge reason why, why people struggle with, with weight. And then, and then how, how all of this is a big part of what we focus on for the individual, because it's different for everybody. You know, some people it's, it's the bacteria in their gut and other people it's the stress, you know, so it has to be addressed that way. Okay. For emotional reasons, I think it, it's it's hard to lose weight because it 
eating fills a void. It's just, that's just what it does for a lot of us. And this also actually can be tied to physical reasons because of the role of neurotransmitters in our body. Um, neurotransmitters like serotonin, for example, simply make us feel good and they help us stop when we are stop eating when we're satisfied instead of using food to calm and comfort us. Mm. I mean, serotonin has a lot of other roles in the body, but that's, I think that's a big piece. You know, when people are binging and having strong cravings, it's often something I look at to see, make sure, you know, do they have enough serotonin so that they don't have to look outside themselves to feel good. Right. Yeah. So that's, a, that, I guess that's another part of a physical one, but the emotional piece. Um, yeah. It just, what's the void? Why, why are you overeating? Why are you eating crap food? Why um, what's driving the emotions? You know, really looking into that is equally important to the physical reasons for long-term sustainable okay. weight loss. And that's something you work with in your, in your curb, your cravings. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And all the work that we do, that's, that's always addressed because it's a big part. You know, we don't, we don't live in these bubbles. Not everybody has, you know, uses food for emotional reasons, but, um, but a lot of times they do. And I think it needs to be looked at if, if it is so, because or else no matter how strong your diet is for, uh, a month, six months, you know, you're basically just what I call white knuckling it, you know, when you're just <laughs> trying really, really hard. Right. And, but the emotion, and then if something emotional happens, you know, there's grief, there's some kind of trauma or loss or stress. It just, it all that work just goes, goes out the window. You know? Let's talk about calorie counting. This is a one, a big one, in my opinion, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, most everybody, we've all been taught that we calories in, calories out. What are your thoughts on calorie counting? Well, uh, I don't believe in tracking anything. <laughs> I think that for, for long term, I mean, right. sometimes therapeutically, you know, kind of getting a look at looking at how much you're consuming of this and that might be interesting if that's kind of how your brain works. But, but I just think it usually makes people obsessive about their food. And it kind of takes away from the health and all the other enjoyment pieces that food can offer us. But um, I also just don't think it works for long-term weight loss at all. We basically think we're outsmarting our bodies when we're calorie counting. You know, we're we're giving it low-calorie foods and exercising more, you know. But what we're really doing is training it to need less calories in order to keep the same weight. So someone who's on a 2,000-calorie diet starts restricting to a thousand calories a day and sure they lose weight, but then after a while they stop losing weight and, and they can't ever go back to eating 2000 calories to, to go back to their original weight. Um, they now have to, they have to keep the thousand calorie diet to be at even that higher rate weight. So right. it's just, it, we can't outsmart the body. You know, no. our, it's more about our basal metabolic rate and what we right. can do to increase that. And that has, um, it's usually eating, um, nutrient dense foods and the type of exercises we do do. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's funny because people break out, people rely on the counting, like, well, look at some of the apps, my fitness pal, they all <laughs> want you to track your calories, you know? And yeah. I, I, when I'm, when I'm cutting, I'll go ahead and look at my cal. I'll, I'll, I'll use the my fitness pal app to adjust my macros. Yeah. That's something, I mean, that, that's my person. That's what I do, but that's mm-hmm. not going to work for everybody else. 
but like to your point, you know, we just have to feed our body with proper nutrition and you'll be, you'll be full and satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the ugly. (laughs) Let's talk sugars, carbs, and fats for a minute. Mm. Tell me your thoughts on the, on the good, the bad, and the ugly of these. I mean, fats, especially with keto, you know, everywhere you turn, somebody's hopping on a ketogenic diet. In my opinion, the ketogenic diet you're gonna is like a hammer. You're gonna either gonna be a nail or a glass jar. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's you know, I, I I the ketogenic diet serves a purpose, but it also is is starting, you know, it's also causing some issues down the road. You know, and and I know that you know there's a lot of people out there that are losing a lot of pounds with the ketogenic diet. But let's talk about the let's talk about the sugars and carbs and fats for a minute before I get off on another <laughs> rabbit hole here. Well, I like the analogy of the glass or the nail for the ketogenic yeah. diet because I found that to be true. It just it the same thing with I mean with all of these principles and things we're talking about. It just depends on the individual. There's so much uniqueness that goes on. Yeah, well, I'll do my best to address the sugar, carbs, and fats, the the good, the bad, and the ugly with it. It does depend on the individual. I think sugar is highly addictive, mm. that can, and it can create a lot of negative imbalances in the body on the one hand. But on the other, I mean, it's a fast and easy way, to, way for the body to get a quick hit of energy and feel good. So, you know, I mean, it's it's it serves its purpose, but... Right. But, you know, it's not so inherently it's not a bad thing. I just think that for the amount that people eat for some individuals, it might be a problem or the types of sugar they sugars they eat. So there's lots of sources of sugar and some people react differently with some sources in the body than others. And this reaction is, um, for example, some people do well with dried fruit and honey and pasta in their diet. And others, I mean, that's, that's, we need to move them away from all that. It's horrible for them. So it's more about how these foods become sugar in the body and then get metabolized that determine the outcome for the individual. You know, so for me, my, you know, I have a long history in my family of diabetes. And I think I was just sort of born with very sensitive sugar receptors or Mm -hmm. insulin receptors, I should say. And insulin is the transporting system of sugar into our cells. And so for me, having even a a veggie juice, maybe if it has an apple in it or something in the morning, it really, it sets off my sugar cravings for the whole day. I feel the big crash. Mm. It's too high sugar for me. But what a healthy thing to have a nice vegetable juice in the morning, right? It's so great. And for other people, it's nice and cleansing and it's a wonderful way to sort of alkalize the blood a little bit and give them some energy. You know, so it just depends on how sensitive your receptors are and then the sources. I mean, some people were really, for a while there, I don't know if anyone still follows this or not, but agave for a long time, people were saying doesn't affect insulin and that couldn't be further from the truth. You you know this. Right. Yeah, like that really... It, it gets absorbed very quickly in the body. So I think it needs to be, sugar needs to be respected, you know, and, um, and a lot of body awareness, self-awareness of what your individual reaction to it is, um, is important. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it would, it would impact their energy, sleep, mood, focus, and waistline. So it's not right for them. Yeah. Th- I, I have a, I struggle with bananas myself. <laughs> 
I, I, if I eat a banana or put a banana in a shake, I can feel it mm-hmm. and it, I gain weight just like that, just by eating the banana. You yeah. know, and, and, you know, people argue that it's fructose, but it's still sugar. Yeah. Um, Anything that ends in oath is right. sugar. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we have to respect it. Mm. Going to carbs now. Yeah. So they're essential. I think carbohydrates are essential, but usually when I hear people say carbs, I think they're they're describing a specific type of carbohydrate rich food. They're describing breads and pastas and and rice. You know, they're not okay. really in cookies and they're not really thinking of, you know, complex carbohydrates that are found in vegetables and legumes and nuts and seeds and things like that. Um, but they turn into sugar too. They're it it's it need, for some people they do need to restrict their carbohydrates but maybe the refined carbohydrates maybe eating products made out of flour is what spikes their blood sugar or um or gets them gets them you know in these sort of addictive cycles with with needing sugar or carbs more than um, more than others but uh, i think really using vegetables as the foundation as really the diet should mainly be vegetables and then sprinkled with um, you know, animal proteins or plant proteins and good healthy fats is really helpful for people. And some people can have grains and it's fine and other people can't. So it's about finding what works. Okay. Um, but it also, you know, I used to restrict, um, a few years ago, I restricted my, my carbohydrate intake to just being vegetables. Like I wouldn't eat legumes or grains at all or grain flours. And I, I felt it was great. It was an easy way for me to keep my weight down. But, um, but then when I really got into stool testing, I noticed that my short chain fatty acids were very low, my N-butyrate, and that's a really strong, um, inflammatory marker. So Mm. it's important to have enough N-butyrate in order to help colonize, you know, enough short chain fatty acids to help colonize the bacteria in your gut. So you can have a good, good metabolism, good digestion, all these things. So I really needed to add more fiber to my diet. And a lot of that coming from grains, it, I just couldn't get it out of just vegetables. Mm. And that changed a lot for me. So I eat, I eat a little bit now. Good. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. How about fats? Oof. Well, like you were saying, that is a hot topic. And I think it's, I think it's funny. It's like paleo was the extreme thing, but no, right. no, no, that's not enough now. Now, now it's right. keto. <laughs> now, now the paleo wasn't enough. Now we need to just not only restrict grains, we need to restrict right. our car, our vegetables. It's just, <laughs> but, um, with fats, I just think about, um, really encouraging good quality. I think that's probably the most important thing to consider because, Fats are either inflammatory or they're anti-inflammatory. And so we spend a lot of time educating our clients on this. There are a lot of myths out there that can be quite harmful. Um, Like, for example, I think saturated fats are part of a good, healthy diet where, you know, other people would not agree. So we go over the pros and cons of that. And I also think quantity is important to consider. You know, with the ketogenic diet, um, Mm. there are therapeutic levels that help some people, but it might not be good for you. You know, if you have a sluggish gallbladder, eating high qualities of fats is really going to do you in. You're not going to feel good. Yeah. And then also it can be a source of why people are having trouble losing weight is because they are focusing so much on increasing fat and not really 
you know, reducing refined carbohydrates or complex carbohydrates that might be in excess for their unique body. Um, so it's not really about eating right. or like more fats. It's just not being scared of it and eating the right kinds, I think is more the focus. Yeah. 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 Like wrapping a piece of butter and cheese and eating it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'd snack like, on butter. I used yeah. to snack on butter. Yeah. <laughs> How did that happen? I, I don't How know. Okay? I mean, I'm okay with ba- I'm okay with good bake, a good quality bacon. Yeah. But to wrap and and you know <laughs> the, to wrap a piece of butter with with cheese and not, and now if you first of all I, I'm going down that rabbit hole again. But first of all, a, a lot of these people are using like uh, the American cheese that comes in a plastic wrapper and wrapping butter on it. And, that's just not right. Because first of all, the cheese is not healthy for you because it's processed, highly processed. Now, if you're getting real fat, real good cheese, and then, yeah, but not wrapping, you know, use the butter el- elsewhere. And I'm going to, I'll get off that wrap. Yeah, uh, yeah I got to go get off that subject. Tom, Tom, Tom. <laughs> it's a all right. Subject. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I love Jimmy more dearly and, He's a great dude, man, and and I appreciate what he's doing because he's helping a lot of people. But you know, you got to do it right. And if you read his books, he's telling you how to do it right. The problem is these Facebook support boards for ketogenic people, mm. and it just goes down. There, I'm going back down that rabbit hole. Tom, stop. <laughs> All right, let's dig into the program, or yeah. let's dig into you. Your curb your cravings. How does this differ from other things on the market? Well, I we're know. not we're not giving you a diet to follow. Right. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's really just designed for people who don't want to diet anymore and want to learn to eat in a way that supports their body, their unique body. Okay. In the program, they'll rebalance their blood sugar, which is really important. So for cravings. And they'll learn to eat nutrient dense foods, you know, and, um, it sort of goes through, if you Google what's healthy, you'll come, you'll come out more than, than helped. So, um, we, we help you figure that out for your unique body. They start to understand what a balanced plate of food looks like for them and why that's important. We do tell them why we think it's important to eat vegetables, fat, protein, complex carbohydrates, et cetera, but they experience the benefits of it with us as their coaches. Okay. And they also experience how much more challenging a day of eating well is for them when they slack a bit or overindulge, like their cravings will increase. They'll feel crankier, more tired. They start to obsess with food. So we help people move away from having to chase food in in their cravings. Okay. The best part is that no one ever has complained about of feeling deprived or hungry. I think for me, as the creator of this program, that's the success because I didn't, I just didn't want to be part of the diet industry. I really didn't want to be part of that because I think that has failed so many people. Um, they really do start to embrace this way of eating as their own because they've customized it to what their unique needs are. And I think that process of um, customizing it really you have to look at yourself. You have to be aware of what works for you. And, um, and you start to gain a level of understanding and support and respect for your body that is absolutely critical and much needed, um, for long-term, long-term health. 
we definitely don't micromanage eating either. We, we won't encourage calorie counting like we were talking about, or even carb counting. We don't encourage magic pills or any type of, any type of special supplement for weight loss. It's really just a simple and easy way to nourish yourself. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's challenging. The challenging part I think is really just letting go of the cravings. So the change in your habits to make this all work is important to focus on. Yeah. They just learn how to prioritize their health. Okay. Um, yeah. Grocery shopping, basic cooking, using or at least using a delivery service that is suitable for them, slowing down, checking in on what their self-care needs are, like do they need more sleep, exercise, rest, more connection. It's just a practice and habit building around taking care of yourself. And now a word from our sponsor. We'll be back in a minute. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Rebel Health Coach. To sign up for my monthly newsletter, text RHCP, that's Rebel Health Coach Podcast, or Red Hot Chili Peppers, to 22828. Again, that's RHCP to 22828. Thank you and have an awesome day. Yeah, I um I had, you know, I like to check on I like to check in on people just because again, this is a really rewarding part of working with people so intimately. And I just I checked in with someone 6 months after they finished the 6 month program and she was so excited to share with me that she lost 80 pounds. Wow. Yeah. And, and I just kind of talked to her about it and, you know, she didn't, she, she was like, thank you. Yes. But she was more about like, so proud of herself. And I, I thought that was really, that was the success of, of the program is that this is hers. She owned it. She took part of it. And, um, you know, some of the things that, um, she shared was that she, what she had struggled with our routine now, you know, she just, she kind of just knows her program, knows what to do. She loves being active and she can do it now that the weight loss is gone or weight loss has happened. I should say, um, she doesn't have the other issues. She's not obsessed about her weight. She doesn't get on a scale every day, but when she went to the doctor, she's like, Oh, okay, great. You know? So, (laughs) you know, she, she just, those are all the benefits that she, um, she's enjoying the whole process still. And she's at her ideal weight. She doesn't, she definitely doesn't need to lose any more weight. And she's, um, managed to continue on this on her own. That's awesome. Yeah. What food service you talked about, uh, delivery services, what services do you, do you like? Mm. Well, there's, there's a lot offered. Um, so I, a lot of, a lot of our clients come from the San Francisco Bay area. Okay. They have a lot. So in California, so there's a lot of food services now. There's a lot of young people that are migrating there for work and they, they work way too much. Right. And so food service delivery and delivery services really come up. There's Uber eats and things where you can order from any, um, once there's Munchery, there's Thistle, there's, there's a ton. And some of them are national and some are just local to San Francisco. Okay. But I think the easiest one that most people can find is like at a, one of their natural food stores, they have prepared foods. They can just right. go and order, you know, just buy what they want. That's right. probably the easiest. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if you were talking, cause I use blue apron for myself, but I mean, uh, okay. there's a lot of them out there. I just, I use blue apron just because I can, it's convenient for yeah. me. 
Exactly. Well, it's nice, right? They can they'll just give you an order of food. Uh, right. Sorry, all the groceries you need and yeah. instructions how to cook. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A few of my clients have used. I don't know if it was one of them was Blue Apron, but there's a lot of them out there. Yeah. And they, um, it's really helped them getting get back into cooking again because yeah. it's it's not as intimidating. Because that's important in this whole process. Because I think so. You know, you know, and some people who don't have the time to cook, like there's other places you can. Like we have. Uh, a couple of services here in Atlanta, eat at, with it, deliver your meals prepared to you. And, you know, but I, I actually like to throw on the radio and, or some music and cook. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's therapeutic for me to cook, you know, yeah. and, and I like it because it gives you, you know, I get three meals a week and it gives you the recipe so my meal is always changing. My instead of getting in a routine where you're eating the same stuff every week, mm-hmm. I always have something to look forward to that is going to be really t- usually they're very tasty meals for the most part. So yeah, anyway, I, yeah, I think that would help people out a lot. Um, just getting to where they're there's something really therapeutic about making your own food. Yeah, but for nope. people who just who aren't there yet and they just want something quick and convenient and right. order their food, they have right. those services too. Yeah. There's no real reason not to eat healthily. Yeah. I know a lot of people that use Uber Eats, mm-hmm. you know, and they, unfortunately, a lot of the restaurants they get Uber <laughs> Eats from shouldn't be in anybody's diet. So, mm-hmm. you know, anyway, uh, yeah, it was a commercial that, what was that? Little Caesars or Pizza Hut now delivers to, you can deliver, you, if you're at the park playing Frisbee, you can order and they'll deliver it to the park now. Oh, really? You don't wow. need an address. You need a drop spot. They have drop spots for for that's sad. I mean, talk about the standard American diet. When you can order pizza and have it dropped off at a location that you're at, just visiting a park or something, that's really sad, in my opinion. Oh, Tom, I must I must be blessed that I was I was one. My biggest struggles in food were when I was younger, before all this, because yeah. I had this thing about I was eating. I always had food in my mouth. I was it was gross. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's kind of judgy, but. I would take the public transportation. I'd be eating an apple or eating whatever. And I mean, it's a healthy food, but I think right. it's just gross to be like right. handling everything and eating. And right. no one wants to watch you <laughs> eat. It's just. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Cravings. Let's talk about cravings. Yeah. How can someone get rid of the cravings like sugar and salt? Because those are the two most, you know, most people crave either carb, sugar, or salt. But sugar and salt have to be the top two, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's just let's start with salt. Okay. Well, um, well, I think I think salts. For, from my understanding of what you're asking, salt is really in a different category altogether than sugar. Okay. When when someone has a strong uh, salt cravings, I I really think there's there's probably a big need for it. You know, stress depletes the body. We we're talking about cortisol earlier. And, right. Um, cortisol is secreted by our adrenal gland. Our adrenal gland sits right on top of our kidneys and um, it uses, it's nourished by salt. You know, uh, our adrenals are nourished by salt. And when we use up, when our adrenal, we're actually asking our adrenals to do lots of like pumping of cortisol or, or whatever it is, it will start to deplete us of salt and we'll have strong cravings for it. So, and salt is an important electrolyte. So if we need it, I think it's important to have it. You don't want to ha- be, you don't want to have too little salt, but, um, but it is important if you feel like the amount of salt that you're eating, even if it, it's what you might need, is a lot more than what 
you consider healthy, then it's important to look at what, you know, be curious and look at what, why, what's the main driver? What's the root cause? Is this really stress that bad? You know, is this, are you ignoring this? Right. Yeah. Yep. What's it doing for you? Yeah. yeah. Let's go to sugar now. Yeah. So, um, someone to get help, help with someone for someone to get rid of sugar cravings. That's a big one because people have sugar cravings for different reasons. Um, I think the first thing is to lose the judgment and get curious of what is driving that craving. Um, it is often more than one reason. So if it's, we're talking about emotions and, and, um, physical parts of cravings. So if it's emotionally fueled, um, what's the sugar doing for you? Does it calm you? Does it distract you? Does it comfort you? What, what is it doing for you? And that's, that's kind of a heart to heart with yourself, you know, to try to figure it out. And some people have real strong awareness. They're like, yes, my boss yelled at me. I ordered a pint of ice cream, you know, so, or (laughs) it's, it's that direct and other people don't have that kind of awareness and, and it's just take some time and maybe there's, you know, some food journaling or just journaling in general, you start to figure out why. And there's, there's ways to do it. I have, um, I think you were going to send out that, um, the, the, the guide, the curb your cravings guide for people. There's a a whole exercise around that in there to help you figure out what emotion it's fueling and and if it is emotional or not. Yeah. That will be in the show notes. So, Mm -hmm. okay. I can click on it and, and download it. Yeah. Just let them give a little, a little, um, a little tool to figure it out. Um, but if it's, if the sugar cravings are physically fueled, then, um, it's important to look at when you get the cravings. Could it be from a blood, a blood sugar spike, um, and then a dip? Um, do you, so do you just need a little energy boost? Yeah. Just curiosity about the source of the cravings. If it's from something pathogenic in your gut, like let's say you have Know, a yeast overgrowth or a bacteria mm. overgrowth, you'll most likely feel a little bloated or very bloated after you eat the sugar um, or anything that turns to sugar that's starchy, right? Um, or you might also feel a strong emotion like um, anger is a very common one. Mm. Yeah. Is that where hangry came from? <laughs> I think so. I think that's a drop in blood sugar, but yeah, something like that. <laughs> All right. In, your, in the Curb Your Cravings, you talk about the three steps to a healthier you uh, in your program. Let's talk about those three steps for a minute. Yeah. Um, so the three steps to a healthier you, I, you know, it's just basically the approach that I take in general working with people. Okay. You know, I really want to, um, I've said the word curious a lot today and it's, it's because I do believe we need to be a detective and, you know, most people that, that I meet are just walking around with their heads cut off. Basically, you know, they don't, (laughs) they simply just don't pay attention until there's some sort of pain or discomfort that's shouting at them. Um, and I call them red flags, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. You know, my, my stomach, I'm all of a sudden I'm super bloated every time I eat, you know, what's, where did that come from? Well, you know, if you might've noticed it earlier, if you were a little more, um, if you had a little more awareness that, oh yeah, it's because you eat dairy and you have a sensitivity to it or Mm. sugar or something like that. And it just is escalating. Um, so 
yeah, that's that's the first step is to just to be curious, basically. Okay. Be a detective. Be a detective. Okay. Yeah. And then look for clues. You know, we wanna we wanna see what's out of balance. Um, do we have all the raw material all the raw materials our body needs to function and heal? Um, things like oxygen, water, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, protein, healthy fats. Do we have strong cravings for wine or sugar or bread? You know, what can be hurting us? What what do we need more of? What can be hurting us? And then um, you know, what what could be a way to prioritize an environment for the healing to happen, for the mm-hmm. balance to happen? Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, and then we solve solve the mystery. Once once we know what's hurting you, you can eliminate those root causes or address the root causes. And um, you know, what makes someone's health and wellness truly opti- optimal is is usually around solving that and figuring that out. Mystery. Mm-hmm. All right. It's a mystery. <laughs> We're going to go into binge season in a minute, but <laughs> where do you find alcohol fits in on this? In your, in, yeah. I mean, because I, I find a lot of my clients in the past uh, consume alcohol, and usually they don't want to tell you how much they're consuming. Mm-hmm. Do you struggle? Do you have find that in some of your? You know, yeah. Well, I I haven't had the sense that they're not telling me how much. I, I think they're, I, I like to think that they're all being honest. I've had right. a few, like, you know, but, um, uh, yeah, I don't know why they, they're not saying it, but, um, I think with mine so far, it's been okay with okay. that. But, um, but alcohol is a really tricky thing because, um, for the people I work with, it's such a part of their, their right. socializing right. and their work environment. And, you know, when you're, when you're having drinks with friends, it's really not about the alcohol. It's about the bonding and right. the same thing with food, really. Right, right. So if you're going to choose to not drink, you're going to say, hey, I don't want to connect with you. That's kind of how it's perceived. Mm, so point. that can be really challenging. I mean, even with food, like if you have food sensitivities or you're on a diet, you know, I'm, you know, all of you are ordering a pizza. I'm not going to participate. I don't want to connect with you. It's kind of that sort of sense. Mm. I think that's the message. But um but alcohol, you know, some people it's really hurting them. It's it's they maybe they abuse how much they drink, you know. Maybe it's too much, maybe it's it's really affecting their health or maybe their loved ones and it's a real problem and they have an awareness about it or sometimes they don't and they're struggling to reduce it or eliminate it. Um, and then other people they don't want it to change at all and they'll do everything else with their lifestyle and diet and taking care of themselves but they won't change their alcohol and Maybe they can get so far, but then they'll hit a wall or a plateau is what a lot of people call it. And their health won't improve. And then it's kind of the elephant in the room and you just coach them around it. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Halloween (laughs) is up next and we go, then we roll right through the new year and actually goes pretty much, you know, new year's. And then you get a little, everybody hops on their bandwagon and their new year's resolution to lose weight and, uh, we're in binge season, man, and uh, this is hard for a lot of people. Are there any tips you would like to share with us and uh, the listeners to get you through this period? Oh, yeah. So, again, it's really, I think the tips that are the most helpful for people are the ones that are customized for their unique situation and what their body needs. But in general, um, I can give you some 
some different plans and scenarios that have helped people that I've worked with. Um, so, I mean, how the, the day of Halloween is a big problem for people because it's kind of like candy everywhere. You know, kids are allowed to have handfuls of, you know, not handfuls, pillowcases full of candy. And it's pretty crappy candy too. It's just a lot of sugar. They get really buzzed and high. And then, and then it's not over because they have more candy after that. Well, for a lot of adults, the binging on the candy starts even before because they have to buy the candy and it's there. And it's, uh, <laughs> and then at, at the offices, it's on the candy tray and it's just, it becomes so much. And for some people, there might be people that aren't bothered by this, that they just really embrace the season and they love it. But most people, I mean, maybe it's just the people that I talk to really feel like it's sabotage season for them and they don't like it and they wish they can feel more, um, control. So, yeah. So, so I've broken it down to a few different types. There's like a, a season seasonal cleanse approach where you're just like, okay, no candy or sugar. And the first four ingredients of any food from today until blank day, and then put together a self-care agreement to not stuck up, not stuck up on stock up on these foods before and after like, no. Yeah. So you can have that kind of approach and that wouldn't be appropriate for every person because that might be too extreme. Right. Okay. And then, or if someone is on this yo-yo dieting thing, you might not want to encourage that. You might just want to encourage some sort of gray area a little bit. Um, you can do something like the day of the event cleanse approach where it's just not, you promise, you know, you, you write it down, not one bite or lick or taste of blank said food or anything similar. And then you use that self-care agreement not to stock up before and after as well. Okay. There's the moderation approach where um, you just have, you allow yourself one defined treat a week or a day from now until blank date. So, you know, you just choose what, where your scale is, what you need. Um, And then and then the funniest approach, I think, is the methadone approach. <laughs> the methadone approach. Yeah, you, you'll allow yourself um, blank as a treat instead of blank from now until this date. So I, I don't do well with methadone approaches. Okay. I, um, I remember, you know, I found a recipe for no sugar, you know, no gluten, no dairy, chocolate chip cookies. I have no idea how this was put together, but I made them. And I, I didn't even get to cook them. I ate all the dough. I ate all the dough. And I think, <laughs> I think it was just like, oh, it's cookie dough, it's cookie dough, it's cookie dough, you know? And right. I attacked that thing. So methadone approach does not work for me, but okay. it's pretty, it's, yeah, we could totally laugh at it. It's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, it probably wouldn't work for me either. I'd probably be the same eating all the cookie dough before I even put it in the oven. Yeah. But the yeah. idea is to make a clear plan, you know, just choose right. something and then create a plan B for worst case scenarios, you know, be clear on the motiva- motivation and the benefits, what the benefits are for you to, f- to follow through with and, um, and then get support to stick with it. Um, you know, I think the most important thing for, for most people that I work with is just to have a regular eating schedule, you know, where they eat breakfast, for example, they eat breakfast, lunch, one optional snack and dinner. And they can have that optional snack anytime, but it's just, it's optional, you know, so they're not going long periods without food um, or, but they're also not eating grazing or being reactive with food. They're not just 
you know, every time they pass their friend's desk, they grab a handful of jelly beans or they, every time they pass the kitchen, they grab a banana or whatever. It's just, it's structure, you know? So, and then when they go outside of that structure, they have temptation to go outside of the structure. They, they can think to themselves, Hey, you know, why do I want to eat right now? I just ate. I'm not starving. I'm going to last. You know, what happened here? Did I eat something that's too high glycemic for me? That's causing a sugar craving. Um, am I lonely? Am I tired? You know, like what, what's driving this urge to eat? I don't need anything. So, yeah. I know I, I follow a 90, 10 rule. I don't, we haven't really Uh, talked about that, but I, I love my, I love my Ben and Jerry's chunky monkey and urban bourbon. (laughs) <laughs> so once a month, I allow myself, usually on a Sunday, a pint of Chunky Monkey or a pint of Ben and Jerry's. Mm-hmm. So that's like my contract to myself is like, all right, one Sunday a month, you know, is this is what I get to have as a treat for myself. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that works well for a lot of people. I think um, some some people want like a cheat day or something and it becomes like an all day binge right. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what you're doing that sounds pretty good. I yeah. I had a I had a day like that um just this last weekend. I had um that coconut bliss ice cream. It oh, was yeah. peanut butter chocolate. Oh, yeah. so delicious. Yeah. And I put balsamic vinegar on it. Sounds oh my goodness. weird, but it made it so delicious. Highly recommend that. <laughs> balsamic vinegar. I have to try that. Yeah. I have to try good. that. All right. Is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners about your Curb Your Cravings program. Well, just thank you, Tom. This has been such a great opportunity to share with you and your listeners about how to love yourself more through how you eat and live. And speaking about weight loss and all the emotional and physical complexities that come with this is something I really enjoy because I suffered so much with all of this and it just doesn't have to be a point of suffering for anyone at all. Um, the really, the more we love ourselves and respect our bodies, the more we become available to other people. And I think that's what is the most rewarding part of being human and what we can do in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. My goal for Curb Your Cravings is just to educate, guide, and support people who want freedom from dieting and weight struggle so they can be their best selves, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And, you know, if anybody has questions or are curious about it, you could just go to my website, happybellyhealth.com. But, HappyBellyHealth.com. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, that's a good name. I don't. That is a very good name for a pod, for for your program for your for your web actually for your business. I love that. Thank you. Yep. And uh, listen, before we go, I, I didn't put this question, so you didn't know this was coming. So I'm gonna blindside you. That's okay. And I, but I asked this of all my guests. You have half an hour to an hour to kill. What album or artist would you put on to listen to? Oh, oh it's just, it depends. That's such a hard question. <laughs> That's such a it depends hard on your mood a lot, but yeah. No. I, you know, when I'm feeling really emotional and just want my soul filled, I put something like Edith Piaf, you know, and just like, mm just gets me every time it was my mom's absolute favorite and i and i love i love sort of sitting in those emotions sometimes okay yeah. what was that called edith piaf she's a oh, okay. jazz singer oh nice nice mm-hmm. jazz i love jazz mm-hmm. love I, I, yeah it is a hard question because there's a lot of genres that you can go to and depending on your mood yeah 
I mean, my other answer could have been something like James Vincent McMurrow, who's just more, he's really modern and kind of. uh, I'm going to have to look that one up. (laughs) Yeah, he's not as well known. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to join me. And, uh, you know, this is a good topic because it, it's come, it's come that season. Like I said, you know, January 1st rolls around. Everybody wants to mm-hmm. lose weight, but you know, you don't have to wait till January 1st to do this. Matter no. of fact, I, uh, <laughs> I highly recommend you don't wait and you start right away. And, uh, I'm with you that I've struggled with. This is something that's dear, dear to my heart too, is because yeah. I struggled with this all my life until about when I decided to make a change forever, you know, mm-hmm. and, it's a it's a big one, and a lot of people struggle with it, but it's it's also doable, very doable. So I appreciate yeah. you for taking the time, <laughs> and I, you know, you, I I missed you actually. It's nice <laughs> to see your face, and it's uh, can't wait till next year's little retreat, and we'll see each other again. Oh, you have a baby yeah. then. I know I will huh? have a baby then, but maybe uh, we'll find a way to bring them. I don't know where we're going to have this retreat, but it should be it should be fun. I think April. Yeah, yeah. nice to see you too. Yeah. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.